Hi, Titans, and welcome back to another episode of the CSUF podcast, a show where we chat about all things CSUF. As always, I'm your host, Mirabelle Esaias. Do you believe that you can reach your goals, or are you in a constant state of self-doubt? Is your anxiety holding you back from crushing your job interviews? What are you doing with your life? Scared yet? If you're anything like me, this question terrifies you. But the stress of the unknown is even more overwhelming. If you're going to college, planning your college journey, or have graduated, it doesn't mean that you know exactly what you're doing, and that's okay. But to find success, you have to start somewhere. This week, we're chatting with CSUF professor Jacqueline Girelli, a counseling instructor through the counseling department here at CSUF. She is a licensed professional clinical counselor who has been teaching a career and life planning course with a disability and awareness advocacy component since 2014. On this episode of the CSUF podcast, Professor Girelli is going to teach you how to overcome self-doubt in your job interviews, combat career anxiety, implicate your skill set through kindness and compassion, and how to land the job of your dreams even when you have no prior work experience while becoming your most confident professional self. Without further ado, let's get into this convo. Take it away, Professor Girelli. Hello, how are you doing? I am doing great, how are you? I'm so ready to talk about career planning because I have no idea what I'm doing in my career. So I'm very excited to hear from you so that I can get my life straight away. And I'm so excited to be able to share with you all about career and life planning. That's so great because I think that there's not a lot of information. Once you get into college, you're supposed to know exactly what you wanna do and that can be so terrifying. And why a lot of people in undergrad stay undeclared for so long because we don't don't always have the tools to propel us forward. I can't wait to talk about how we can have career success without all of this pressure and how we can really find happiness in our careers. Okay, let's get started into our first question. Are you ready? Sounds great. The steps that students can start to take and follow to plan their career after college and where should students start? First step is to learn as much as you can about your strengths and make sure to pair those strengths with humility. Learn about opportunities for growth. Having self-awareness, identify our strengths as well as opportunities for growth is critical. Know that it's okay if you're exploring finding your path and try to enjoy the journey as you experience this explorative process. Learn about softer human skills, medium skills, and hard skills. Softer human skills are kindness, punctuality, compassion, ability to work well with other people. These are skills that can be developed over time. Medium skills are our ability to fit into the company culture. So what does the company culture look like? I was a hairdresser in a past career. That culture very different than academia. Identifying what medium skills in your particular industry look like and also hard skills like how fast you can type our proper spelling. Every build is different. And I do think it's important to note that our society does value those soft and human skills. And again, we have the ability to develop those skills. Also, another tip is research the field that you are selecting. Similar to what we would do when we're buying a car or buying property, we do research. Another strategy is develop your network. What are your tips on making connections in college and applying those connections to your career. Yeah, connection building, similar to networking, it can be difficult. Pre-pandemic, post-pandemic, mid-pandemic. Number one, go to events that are specifically for networking, which I highly recommend. There is an amazing number of resources, career fairs, employers. These are people that are open to talking to students. So sometimes networking and making connections can feel scary because we don't know if the person we're trying to connect with wants to talk to us. But these are people that want to talk to students. Let's say you go to a job fair. I recommend talking to employers
careers at first that you don't want to work for. Practice on those that you're not as interested in prior to talking to employers who you really would love to work for. Practice networking skills every day. Practice speaking professionally with your professors, with your peers. It's so important to have a raw outlet. Be mindful of your professional reputation that is presented to the world at large. However, it is so important that you have one or two people that you feel like you can be raw with and you can really express those unpleasant emotions with. Find a method of networking and communication connection that you feel most comfortable with to figure out how can I represent my image and self to develop my network. Start developing your network now. For freshmen, sophomores, juniors, seniors, go on LinkedIn and start digitally making connections. LinkedIn for some companies is how they find employees because so many people apply for the same job. They go through LinkedIn to screen their candidate. If you don't have a LinkedIn, definitely start getting that set up. Highlight your student experience. Projects, volunteer work, internships, leadership positions you've held in high school, in college, preferably college, but use that as a way to build your professional resume. Having those soft skills and those medium skills, I think is so interesting because you were talking about kindness and compassion and having awareness. For the first time that you're going into an office, you're kind of thinking like, okay, I just have to get the work done. I have to get through the day and I have to impress these people. But what if you can just impress them with your kindness and your compassion and your awareness and medium skills, the company culture. I started doing this thing in my interviews where I would say, what is the company culture like? That that really helps me because their answer really showcases who they are as a company. I really appreciate you sharing about the soft human skills I've learned are oftentimes undervalued and not as noticed in regards to the importance that these bring into the work. Really make sure that we honor these skills because they are important. They do make a difference. We're social creatures. Every industry, yes, is a little different, but kindness, gratitude can go a long way. When the interviewer says, do you have any questions for me? Always have at least three questions ready to go. Because if you don't, it looks like you might not be interested. One of those questions, Arabella just shared with you, what does the company culture look like? Accommodation further is after they respond, maybe they say, well, the company culture is very customer service oriented. Then it's your job to make sure that you let them know you heard what they said and also sell yourself further and say something like, oh, that sounds like the perfect fit for my skill set. I'm very customer service oriented. And I think that I can bring a lot of value to this position. I'm so excited to be considered for this job. So make sure that you sell yourself as much as you can during the interview and make sure it specifically relates to the position for which you're applying for. I like what you're saying about selling yourself. I think that a lot of people have a bit of an issue with that because of our culture. It can be a bit looked down upon to kind of have that confidence and to be like, yes, I am the person for this job. Yeah. So I think that you brought up a good point regarding society's challenges with being able to sell ourselves. And some of that has to do with some of the intersectionality of identities that we all possess. Part of that could impact ability to be able to really sell themselves. Developing the confidence to be able to sell ourselves, advocate for our skill set. So I believe that I'm the perfect fit for this position rather than I am the perfect fit for this position. Pairing that humility with the strengths because if you're not selling yourself, then who is going to do that for you? As somebody with anxiety, and I know a lot of our viewers feel the same way as a young college student not really knowing their worth. You're in an interview and you don't feel like you're good enough for the job. You can have imposter syndrome and feel like you can't really get that confidence to sell yourself. So like, how can you build that confidence to bring yourself up in an interview and get that job to really just bring that energy. You're asking, how can I exhibit confidence when I don't feel confident? And yes, that can be very challenging. And I can understand. I used to work at Santa Ana College and I was tasked with doing a presentation with a small group of students. And I remember
remember feeling physically anxious to do that presentation. So what I did was I joined Toastmasters. And I bring this up because I think that this really helped me manage my anxiety during interviews. One strategy is to join a club or a group to be able to develop the ability to have confidence in public speaking, be able to demonstrate those skills that you would like to develop. Albert Bandura, who's a Stanford professor, has done a lot of research regarding the power of self-efficacy and self-efficacy is a person's belief in their ability to accomplish a specific goal. So it's a little bit like self-esteem, but it's very specific to a specific goal. So whatever it may be, we all have different beliefs in our ability to accomplish specific goals. And one way to help us with managing anxiety, the first is called performance accomplishment, engaging in an activity that we want to be able to excel in and prepare prior out loud. That's super important. So we can think of the most beautiful speech the most amazing story. But if we don't say it out loud, when we actually start the presentation, it's not going to feel natural. So it's so important that we practice and we practice out loud. We really prepare prior. That helped me manage my anxiety. Another strategy, it's called physiological effects saying that we need to behave in the manner that we want to feel. A lot of times we're kind of taught that our feelings dictate our behavior, but there's a lot of research that says that our behavior highly dictates the way that we feel. If we behave in a manner that appears to be confident, we speak in a manner that's confident. What this research is saying is that eventually our feelings will catch up to our behaviors. It doesn't happen instantaneously, but over time it does happen and I'm living proof of that. Also verbal persuasion is a great tip. So being mindful about how you speak to yourself. I can do this. I'm working hard. I am doing my best. I'm not where I want to be yet, but I'm doing my best. Vicarious experiences is another technique through self-efficacy. And vicarious experiences is finding a mentor or another individual who you feel like you can learn from. So for example, for myself, I found speakers that I appreciated their style and I checked out their habits and what they would do in their presentations. And I made it my own, but I observed what I thought could work for me. So there's a lot of strategies to be able to engage and to be able to help reduce anxiety. It can be really nerve wracking to be in an interview. It's not easy. Not easy. It's not. There's no other space for which we would be in an environment where we're just talking about ourselves right. other than maybe counseling, but that's different. So it is very nerve-wracking. Do you think having a set step-by-step -step plan is necessary or actually detrimental to overall career success? For example, if we're talking about like, let's say relationships and like a different aspect. So if I say, okay, I'm going to be married by 27 and I turn 27 and I'm not married, that can be so detrimental to my self-esteem. So career planning, should we have a step-by-step -step plan that dictates our life? And if we don't get to those goals, how do we deal with it? I definitely recommend that students prepare and have a career plan. However, I think it's also very important that we utilize patience and flexibility with whatever plan we have set up. You mentioned idea about being married at a certain age, right? And so we can have different ideas of what we would like our timeline to look like, but I highly recommend that we utilize compassion patience with ourselves when the timeline may not exactly fall into the plan that we thought would occur. Also having flexibility, open-mindedness that it's okay for our plan to go down a different path. And who knows, maybe the plan will eventually lead back to the original road that you were on, or maybe the original road is not the right path for you. And that's okay. Have your cover letter ready. Have your resume ready. Have those reviewed by a professional. The career center has drive-through hours that you can go and get that checked out. Make sure that grammar is on point, spelling's on point, have references ready. So what I mean by that is have professional and personal references ready to go. 
find some volunteer opportunities, find some internship opportunities. So it sounds like you're telling us to have stepping stones and to have a rough draft almost that's willing to be rewritten. A lot of people are scared of even planning their journey because we are so afraid of rejection and failure. And I will say that it's completely fine to be afraid of those things. And honestly, career planning scares me because I have no idea. I'm a senior now. I have no idea where I'm going to be at the end of this year. Definitely agree that it is okay to experience the spectrum of emotions that come up with career and life planning. And the fear of rejection also, I think it's really important to note that for interviews, the more no's that you get, the closer you get to a yes. And it's an opportunity to be able to gain more experience with the interview process. And a good way to kind of assess whether your resume is working is if you're getting interviews. Sometimes the interview may result in a position, sometimes it may not. There are external factors that may be happening though when the interviewer is interviewing. My previous position when I taught career life planning. So I would see the range of interviews. I remember one person in particular that interviewed with the company and the employer thought this person was overqualified, but then interviewed for another position with the same company and they felt they were underqualified. Third interview with the same company, they got the job. So things kind of work out the way that they do. And I commend really honoring the emotions that we are experiencing, knowing that it's okay to have those emotions, having these tools and resources available to be able to support plan and help reduce some of that fear that definitely comes up with the career and life planning process. This isn't just, I go to college for four years and then I get a job. And then I follow like my American dream. It can be very nerve wracking and really emotional at times. Let's ask about current jobs that students might have. How can students use their current jobs and prior work experiences, such as in the food industry and customer service, as practice for their dream job. So how do you think that you can use your prior work experience in these industries to your full advantage? That is really important to consider. I do want to say all jobs have value. Whatever industry we are in, all jobs have value. Take pride in whatever job you're doing. I know a lot of times students in the food industry or related industries really grapple with, well, how do I write my resume? How do I write my cover letter, feel like I don't have skills that apply in regards to what position I'm aspiring to get into. Well, you do. These are called transferable skills. So food industry, other industries, you're developing skills, working with people. The food industry, I have to say, my hat's off to you because it is not an easy industry. People are not always nice when they're hungry. Absolutely not. Developing strong people skills is something that you can promote, customer service skills, the ability to manage conflict, diffuse situations. If you're not sure how to write your resume, Google ONET, O-N-E-T, and look up an industry and it will give you beautifully written statements and descriptions of what industries do. And it makes it sound very professional. Consider the skills that you've developed. So take pride in whatever job you have and recognize those transferable skills. There's many skills that you all possess and it's so important that we really value and we take pride in those soft human skills, punctuality, hard work ethic, organization, being kind to other people. Research shows that soft human skills are what retain a person's job. 
So it's one thing to get a job, but then how do I keep the job? I like that we brought back to soft skills. Let's say if you're going through an internship and you do have these soft skills and you utilize those soft skills, I feel like you've just become more memorable. Speaking about internships, what is the importance of having internships for gaining experience and how can that help career building? I've had four different internships in four different industries. I still feel lost. I'm not sure what I want to do or where I want to go with them. What can I do or what can our audience do to solidify that path? So I think with what you described, it could be helpful to really evaluate what you appreciated about those internships, what environments do students feel comfortable in, and then also evaluate what tasks, what characteristics, or what cultures in terms of internships may have not worked. An internship is very useful because it can help give a glimpse of the company culture. To acquire that experience is very critical. So don't wait until the end of your college career to build your network or acquire an internship or a volunteer position. How do students begin to learn how to act in these environments? If you have never been in a professional environment, you are bound to make mistakes. I have made so many mistakes at my job at Strategic Communications at Cal State Fullerton. How can we begin to learn that company culture? Number one, open the door of communication with your boss. Let them know how grateful you are for the position. Express gratitude for the opportunity. There was one study that looked at employers didn't know the candidates wanted the job notes because they didn't say, I really want this job. So it's important that we articulate that in the interview because people cannot read our minds. We would think it's implied because we're there, but maybe we look very nervous and we look like maybe we don't really want to be there because we feel nervous. And also express to them that you're very open to feedback. You want to grow as a professional. So that way the employer knows that they can approach you. It allows even more comfort and gratitude from you as a person for them to know that you're very open to growing. So I think that's one tip. Another is to really observe what's happening in the environment, really take note of it. Mistakes are going to happen and recognize that. Utilize compassion towards ourselves when mistakes happen. We're human beings. We're all perfect imperfection. We can learn and grow from our mistakes. Take feedback. Sometimes it can be difficult to get feedback, but be open to feedback and be open to others trying to develop a sense of community and help you develop professionally. Being open to making mistakes and then opening the door of communication for your employer to share with you as well as colleagues. So for example, myself, I work very closely with one of my colleagues and we both let each other know that we're open to feedback. If there's something that is a concern or we want to tweak, then definitely we're open to feedback. So that opens up that door with my coworker for communication of that nature. So be open in regards to those expectations in the workplace and be patient with yourself. That is something that me and my boss definitely have like at Stratcom. And I'll tell her all the time, like, I'm so grateful for your compassion. I'm so grateful that like you allow me to make mistakes. If I make a mistake, it's not because I want to. It's because I'm just learning and I'm, I'm trying to make the best work possible, but I'm human and I mess up. So important to say that because I would beat myself up, really. Like, remember I had a panic attack, didn't post something on social media. Man, like, why didn't you do that? Like, you should have been on top of it. Suck. It's unfortunately such a normal narrative that we put ourselves in. Right. When we have those unpleasant emotions, because unpleasant emotions are important, and sometimes we try to stuff them down and try to ignore them, but then they end up coming out explosively. Acknowledge the feelings that we're having in that moment. I feel embarrassed. I feel ashamed. I want to be able to pass this. I'm a human being and today I will try to give myself some compassion. How do we pick ourselves up from that rejection? It can definitely be challenging. Those emotions that come up with rejection, I'm not good enough, what's wrong with me, what could I have done better? Number one, get yourself out of the environment, go for a walk, do something active that could be helpful and 
process to friends about what happened. Renee Brown, whose research reveals that shame grows when we don't share it with somebody else. So as much as we don't want to share because it feels too vulnerable, sharing our narrative and story with somebody else, it helps team acknowledge the emotions that you're experiencing. Talk to somebody trust that you know can provide you with that safe space to be able to allow you to have those emotions and find somebody that will listen. Let that person know that I really need someone to listen and I don't want any like solutions because these emotions feel very heavy. I need a safe space to share. So why are you proud to be a Titan? I love being a Titan. I love the energy that I acquire when I walk on campus. I love culture, the diversity. I am a huge civil rights, social justice advocate. And there's so many more reasons why I'm proud to be a Titan. That's one of the number one reasons is the inclusivity culture that our students, staff and faculty environment are really looking at trying to cultivate as well as maintain. Do you have any last thoughts before we go? Yeah, definitely. If you are continuing to struggle with your career and life plan, I highly recommend that you sign up for my class next semester. It's Counseling 252 Career and Life Planning. It's a way to explore identities and it provides a roadmap for students to develop their career and life plan. Love it. Do you have any social medias or any websites that you would like to plug? I highly recommend that you check out our CSUF CAPS Instagram. So it's CSUF, C-A-P-S, CSUF CAPS. We also have this amazing resource called u.fullerton.edu. And this is a resource that can help with your career and life plan, academics, as well as mental health. And there's an Instagram associated with that, which is u.at.fullerton. It's an online wellness platform that Cal State Fullerton pays for, for students to access. So Love it. Thank you so much again for your time. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. Goodbye. Thank you. Have a great day. Thank you so much to Jacqueline Girelli for joining me on the CSUF podcast to share tips on career and life planning. It's so important to take care of yourself and your mental health. This topic can be difficult to talk about, but just know that no one has all the answers and we're all in this together. And whatever path you decide to take, do it for you and no one else. Well, Titans, that's all I have for this week. Stay positive, stay safe, and don't forget to follow at Superficial on all social media platforms. You can also find coronavirus updates at coronavirus.fullerton.edu. If you would like to follow me on any of my social medias, which you definitely should because it's a very good time, they're all at Mirabelle Esaias. Once again, I'm your host, Mirabelle Esaias, signing off.